Welcome to the Hammerheads and to the 101, our loyal, loyal followers who have given us all the good reviews. We very much appreciate it. It really helps out the show. I am here. I'm Mary Catherine Ham. I'm here, as always, with Vic Mattis of the Free Beacon and the Sub Beacon podcast, which you can find on Patreon. How are you doing, Vic? I am all stuffed up, so I have to apologize to our listeners. It happened suddenly, like spring decided that it was going to make its appearance yesterday, and it was sometime in the afternoon, and suddenly I'm starting, I start sneezing like five or six times in a row, and then it's like a spigot. You know, my nose, it's like water, and it's coming from my (laughs) forehead. I could feel it. I could feel it coming out, so I apologize uh, to everybody because I'm all stuffed up, but that is it. It's allergy season, so it is. You it know, is. I'm taking. I, I I I'm back to the antihistamines. That's throwing me off because then I got completely zonked out, and it also didn't help with the daylight savings time, as you know. Yes. Okay. A couple thoughts. Yes. Uh, DC is a magical place where you have the cold spring of the Northeast. Combined with the awful allergies of the Southeast, it is uh, it's, it's frigid and also you're sneezing. Yes, it's both. It's the it's the worst of all worlds. In fact, I think it makes it worse because as soon as as soon as the cherry blossoms come out, you're like, oh. that is beautiful. And then there's a cold snap, and they all blow all over the street like so much pink cotton candy yes. everywhere you go. But it's evil cotton candy that makes your eyes and nose hurt. It is. I'm feeling. It's like there's pepper in my nose. <laughs> I did not have allergies until I got to DC. And I hear that a lot. That also might just be that I was getting older. That's a thing that happens. Sometimes your body can yeah. lose some of its capacity yeah. to fight these mm-hmm. things. I got to DC. One, I was dismayed to find out that my April 5th birthday was cold. Yes. <laughs> I am from the South. I have I, a warm birthday. Warm. <laughs> now I have a cold birthday. And then I, every year for about an embarrassingly long an embarrassingly long period of time, like 10 years, I got sick on my birthday every year. And I was like, what is the deal? And you could tell I was sick because at one point someone even planned like a surprise birthday happy hour for me. Right. And I just stayed at home. I was, oh my like, goodness. I, and that's not me. Oh, that's terrible. That's not me at all. I do not opt out of a, of a happy hour. So after many years of this, I was tweeting about it. And this segment comes to you from our uh, sponsor, Ivermectin. This is... <laughs> This is good medical advice via people on Twitter who might Uh be allergists. Okay, so this is what I learned from my allergist on Twitter who never saw me in person but suggested this. It's good enough. He said, start a Zyrtec or whatever regimen two weeks before your birthday, Uh and that will eliminate your issue. Because I get very intense allergies that are like sort of flu-like symptoms for about three days, and then they're gone. So I don't know. And it's no. right at it's at peak cherry blossom. It's the same thing with taking pain meds. You're not supposed to take the pain med after you start feeling the pain. Right. You know what I mean? Like when it's full on, when it's like a seven or an eight on a scale of one to ten. Yeah, you want to beat the pain. To, you're supposed to take it way before that. And you just so, want to always be taking pain meds. That's I think what, that's that's what general, I do. I think that's yeah. my general advice is to always be on something, really. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But the same thing. So I popped in a Claritin yesterday and it did nothing. Yeah. Until I finally, late night, fell asleep, and then it's like this heavy, deep sleep. So I started early. I haven't been super consistent, but I did start early. You. I saw the alert that peak cherry blossoms is early this year. It's in li- it's in it. late March, like the 20th-ish mm-hmm. of it. March. And so I started early, on top, uncharacteristically on top of things. That's good. Mainly because if there's something I will be on top of, it's not missing out on my birthday. Because I want to party For once. a little bit. And the past two years have been... 
pretty lame. <laughs> twenty twenty reasons. Twenty twenty was COVID yeah. full COVID lockdown, yeah, yeah. April fifth of yeah. twenty twenty. And good. then twenty twenty one I was so sick that I didn't get out of bed because I was pregnant. Okay. Well I hope yeah. you have I hope that this birthday of yours, you're gonna be sick but for drinking. <laughs> That's and, sort of not, April, April 5th sick, not yes. April. I mean, April 6th uh, That's sick, right. not April That's sick. right. How are you otherwise? Uh, I'm, I'm okay. Uh, speaking of painkillers, I need lots of them. Uh, <laughs> this is another tragedy of getting old. So I'm like, I'm out here. I'm, I'm working out. I'm getting back into my groove. I'm bragging on social media about my postpartum comeback. Look at me, guys. The rowing. I'm killing it. Mm-hmm. The rowing. Yeah. And, you know, like that meme where Superman is standing there and then Jason Momoa is coming up to tackle him on the red carpet. That's my body. My body is like, no, woman, you need to calm down. So I was working out this week and I was doing some, doing some, my, my left leg is the, my left side is the problem side. I have a problem side. I thought you were going to say your left leg is shorter than your right. No. Some people have that issue. No, but my left foot is funky and it makes everything on my left side of my body funky. So it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a real thing. Look, I, it. you know what? I'm not going to be ashamed. Have you, have you I, tried acupuncture? No, is that, I'm, not, is that... I'm going to just tell you guys the truth. I had a bunion on my left foot. And it threw everything off. And then I had it removed. Mm, And so the recovery from that is the thing. I'm an old, old lady, guys. And you know what? That's destroying people's image of you. That you have bunions. My my wiki feet rating just went way down. That's that's a real thing. Don't look it up. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) do not look up celebrity feet. Don't do it. Uh, So, yeah. I bet there's some nice ones. I'm falling down the ratings. And, oh. uh, and I am an old lady and, but I got it fixed, but the recovery from that means that I do not balance so well on my left side. Cause all those, because you're missing half a foot. Then. No, no, because <laughs> all of those muscles are out of practice holding uh-huh. me up because they're learning a whole new thing. Uh-huh. And then I was pregnant and then I was heavy and pregnant. And now, you know, it's a whole, I've been, I've been through a lot, Vic. Yeah, you have been through a you lot so the other day i was doing like i was balancing on my left foot and i was like look at me i'm killing it i'm jumping on my left foot i'm doing all this stuff oh no and i was so proud of myself and i came home and i told steve about it. he's proud of me and for the last two days i have been incapacitated by pain on my left side oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's not an injury it's just it's just all those muscles you know when you have yes. you when you go ice skating as a kid and oh. then your ankles burn for yes. like three days. Okay. No. That's what my leg is doing. Yes. Uh, that, that's me as an adult, ice skating. <laughs> yes. It's even worse. Oh, no. It's I, terrible. I didn't ice skate until many years later, but you could feel it. You have to have good you, – you feel – strangely enough, you'll feel like your shins. Yes. It's one of those no, things. your shins and yeah. your ankles, all those ankles. stability muscles. Yes, yes. You need to have strong was, ankles. That's what was working. And they are not used to working that hard, and I worked them too hard. It's okay. And I was this. I flew too close to the sun. To the comeback sun. <laughs> That's what happened. And now I'm paying for it. And my husband's all around the house lecturing me, telling me to take my ibuprofen because he's, you know, do you, he do wants you, me to get better. Do you, do you wear do you wear comfort like shoe things like Doctor Scholl's? <laughs> no, but Is that I too personal. But I, no, I don't. But I but I will say, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of not old ladies out there. How bunions? Do you know why? Because society makes us wear these super hot mm-hmm. shoes yeah. and you slam your feet into them. We learn something new about you every day. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Oh, my goodness. Um, in other news, I've been watching Inventing Anna. Have you guys? That's on Netflix? Yes. I've seen the promos. No, I, I've been watching uh, Winning Time about the Lakers. Oh, nice. I Inventing Anna... <laughs> Is so grating and yet so watchable at the same time. This isn't about the uh, the, the young girl chess master, is it? No, no. 
<laughs> a different, a different kind. Thank you. Uh, oh, no, she no, she was a con artist who oh, who was oh, the oh, fake oh. German heiress. Oh right. And she has this. I would I would be interested in your expert yeah. take on her her German her accent. German, is, which she a, is, is she a German actress or no? No. So she's. Oh. But I think this is part of the character is that she has oh. this incomprehensible accent because she, the actual person in real life mm-hmm. came from Russia, but she posed as a German heiress. So she had this oh, mixture. That's interesting. Of things. But. The accent is so insane mm-hmm. that Steve can't even be in the area when I'm playing it. the show. That's funny. That's <laughs> and we funny. can play some audio of her, but I also can do my impression, which is the very famous quote is, <laughs> I do not have time for this. I do not have time for you. I do not have time for this. I do not have time for you. And then, so there's like an R thing that's missing. And how do you want to play the R? She's not sure about it. But maybe the actual con artist woman was not sure herself. No, right? I, and I think actually the, the weirdness of it, if that in fact is what she sounded like uh-huh. in real life, likely helped the con. Because you're like, well, we're, uh, mysterious. we're, we're ugly Americans. We don't know yeah. where the heck that yeah, yeah. accent comes that's from exotic. or what it's supposed to sound it's, like. It's exotic. And it had this weird, you know, almost a aristocracy feel to yes. it like i'm i'm above it all i have mm-hmm. this weird unplaceable mm-hmm. accent i do not have time for you but you know it's <laughs> but it, it's just a few like accents away yeah. from a, a, just a bronx accent you realize the missing ah the ah becomes a squ- then then all of a sudden you're squawking <laughs> then it's new york you know well speaking of russians that steve doesn't yes. want to be anywhere near there let's do the update uh, on ukraine, ukraine which is which is serious and yes. i'm i'm segueing in a in a in a silly way first of all our prayers are with a fox news journalist yeah. um who has been injured in ukraine we don't have a ton of uh information about him right now benjamin hall is his yeah, name he's, he's a fox news good. correspondent and injured in kiev in the hospital mm-hmm. hopefully we'll find out more yeah. there's also of course the news of of Brent Renault, a U.S. journalist who was killed in Ukraine yeah. a couple of days ago. So this is a little different from Iraq and Afghanistan, where you could be embedded with Marines and it, it was, or That's be in right. a green zone that was, right. that was sort of protected by right. U.S. military forces no. and report from there. Not that that wasn't also dangerous, but this is a very Wild West situation uh, for journalists to be in. So we appreciate them being there and, you know, like I said, prayers for everybody. In, Mil- who's in Mills's case, in fact, they just started shooting at them, according to the other person in the car. Yeah, you know, so there's not, you know, uh, the idea that oh well, you know, they'll be they'll look out for us. We'll be like the Red Cross. And yeah, they're not gonna they're gonna avoid shooting at us. No, like anything can happen, and people are dying, and there's this whole sort of a romance of you know every. A lot of journalists want to be like, you know, Ernie Pyle from World War II, be the war correspondent. People, you know, Ernie Pyle died, it's, yeah, you know, while covering the war. It's a very serious thing. So, uh, again, God bless these folks. And by the way, our, Tim Mack, who I oh, yeah. recommended to you from NPR, I believe he was sort of, he was evacuated from Kiev crazy. just recently because this is about to go yeah. down. That's that, in technical terms. This is about to go down in Kiev yeah. uh, is, is yeah. the situation right now. There's a new Zelensky video out, uh, and I will just read a thread that, that translates it. He says, first, first he addresses the free people of a free Ukraine in Ukrainian. He says, it's been another difficult day, but adds that we are approaching peace for Ukraine. He says, Russian soldiers, soldiers and officers know they can't win. They flee the battlefield, abandon their equipment. We take the trophies and use them pr- to protect Ukraine. He says, uh, Russia now is one of the suppliers of equipment for our army. <laughs> Zelensky then switches to Russian and addresses Russian soldiers. 
Those who have already entered our land and those who are preparing to be sent to fight us. Russian conscripts, listen to me especially carefully. Russian officers, you already understood everything. From Ukraine, you will take lives. There are so many of you, but your life will also be taken. What do you need to die for? I know you want to live. We hear in your intercepted phone calls what you really think about this war, about this shame, and about your state. Your conversations with one another, your calls back home, we hear everything, we draw conclusions. We know who you are. So I'm giving you a choice, on cha- a chance on behalf of Ukrainians, a chance to live. If you surrender to our forces, we will treat you the way people ought to be treated, the way you were not treated in your army, the way your army doesn't treat ours. Make your choice. Uh, and then he switches back to Ukraine. And he says, I'm grateful to Russians who aren't stopping telling the truth, those who are fighting disinformation and are telling the truth. And he's referring to a, a journalist and activist who showed up on state TV yeah. with uh with a poster that says no war. And that, first of all, you can hear the audio of it just a little. She's behind her with a poster. She's screaming. The, the, it says, stop the war. Don't believe propaganda. They're lying to you here. So brave, brave acts continue in yeah. Russia against yeah. the war. Yeah, and these people will pay a heavy price, you know. But I mean, that, that really is the problem. Alex. I'm just seeing a Fox cameraman was killed in that same attack that oh, wounded no. Benjamin Hall as oh, well. The name I'm going to probably butcher his last name, but it's Pierre Zakharzewski. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I'm okay. seeing that from yeah. John Roberts on Twitter uh, six minutes ago. Yeah. Yikes. It's, it's very dangerous there and will remain so. Zelensky is speaking to Congress this week, expected to, of course, ask for the jets from Poland yeah. that were hopefully to be, from his point of view, he wanted transferred these MiGs from Poland uh, to Ukraine. At one point, the state, Secretary of State from the U.S. said, Blinken said, that's that's great. That's fine. We're greenlit. And then it was a no. And so now he's speaking to Congress uh, this week and will you know, try to put it all on the line to convince them to do this. Of course, people are concerned that this looks like not not help or defense, but something escalatory and offensive, which uh, and which would then lead to escalation further. That's right. I think everybody was on board. Uh, certainly Blinken was over the weekend. And as it turns out, it was Biden all the way at the top who decided to nix this for fear of provocation. But what it also exposes is a NATO divided, which, you know, is much to the light of Vladimir Putin. And it's a problem for us because, you know, I understand the problems of enforcing a no-fly zone. It's more than just declaring one. To enforce it would be impossible, and that's right. not what they're saying here. But, you know, the mere transferring of the jets, Biden is just expressing his sort of fear that this is going to start World War Three. He's already firing in the direction of Poland, Putin right. is, you know, from like 10 just, miles, from, just the miles from the border. He's right. testing. He's testing, and he knows because— you know, Biden is letting Putin know, OK, here's what you you can get away with this. As long as you don't enter a NATO country, we're not going to do the following things. Right. And again, with the no fly zone, I understand how difficult that would be to enforce because you would be putting actual NATO pilots, you know, in direct engagement with the Russians, you know, over a territory in an airspace the size of Texas. I get that it's going to involve, you know, hundreds of sorties and everything else. But the question uh, for me is, well, Okay, what will it take? What does it take for, will NATO do anything? Will the United States do anything more than they're already doing? You know, what, if they siege Kiev, Kiev right. you know, for, for 900 days like they did Leningrad, right. you know, in the war? Or, or, you know, or what? You know, obviously leveling a hospital, 
we're not going to react yeah. to that. So yes. I mean, and there, the and there were part, deaths reported after that uh, among the sure. pregnant women and, and those in, in labor. No, they is, could fly. They, they might use chemical weapons or they could flatten, you know, the country and, and, and kill thousands more Ukrainians. And, and, and the, the question is, you know, if that doesn't involve entering a NATO country, then are we OK with that? By the way, the, the woman who showed up on Russian state TV is uh, Marina Avsevanikova. Pretty sure that's right, or close to it. Yeah. So appreciate her bravery because we, we don't we don't know what's up with her now after she was taken away from that as it is against the law to speak out yeah. against the war uh, and, in Russia. And that's that's a real problem because a lot of those soldiers are saying that you know they don't know until they get in the war zone what's actually happening. They're being told something else entirely different and about why they're there as peacekeeping forces, and then they realize once they get there that this is a big mistake. Yeah. But that still means that there are thousands and thousands of Russians, you know, on their side of the border, thinking that they're ready to go in right. and still not knowing what's happening. Yeah, thing, things from all the, the collected data, it seems that things aren't going well for Russian forces. Right. However, they're, they're now tapping China for MREs because their logistics are all yeah. messed up. However, they still have this sort of overwhelming force unless mm-hmm. there's very significant help. Uh, to right. Ukraine, so our 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 best and our prayers to to everybody who's who's over there and who these journalists who have been hurt or killed and their families. I'm sure I have mutual acquaintances or friends with this photographer, and so it's it's just rough. Yeah. It's rough. Back on the uh, domestic side of this conflict, we have a lot of talk about the gas prices, Vic. And do you oh, know? Yes. Do you know who the White House is talking to about the gas prices? Who are they talking? They're talking to TikTok. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to tell you about this story. So uh, the White House. This is terrible. <laughs> Biden administration tapped teenage TikTok influencers last week to coordinate messaging on Russia's invasion of Ukraine and blame Vladimir Putin for rising gas prices, according to a recording of a call between White House officials and the social media stars. They tapped this group. It is an, an activist, like a Gen Z activist group of TikTokers who put themselves together. And they have, you know, tons of reach. There's 30 TikTok stars to attend a March 10th Zoom meeting with White House officials. They did put out a recording of this, so it wasn't like all secret or anything. And uh, and this is Gen Z for Change, an organization of influencers involved in the meeting, tweeted Friday that the discussion focused on the U.S. government's strategic goals in Ukraine. So, quote, we're better able to debunk misinformation. Now, here's what I will say. You love to hear it. I'm going to give myself credit because I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to totally tear this down. All right. I think you do have to reach people through... TikTok. In this day and age, there is a lot of Ukraine information on TikTok. There's a lot of viral video going on on TikTok from the war zone often. Yeah. So if you're if you're a communications person and you're completely ignoring this, I think that's a that's a bad thing. How to do this with a plum? I don't I don't know the answer to that. So here's what we get instead. We get 18-year-old Ellie Zeeler. I'm sorry, I'm not Gen Z, so I don't know her last name. She has more than 10 million followers on TikTok. Oh. And, uh, and she's going to tell us about gas prices. Hold on one second. Why is gas so expensive and why is the United States inflation rate at a four-time decade high? Okay, first of all, she looks fab. Her hair is amazing. <laughs> she's straight to camera yeah. with perfect eye makeup and hair like one must have mm-hmm. on TikTok. I had the opportunity to ask the White House why gas down the street is $7 and here's what they said. First of all, I love the straightforward nature of this. Yeah. She's like, I asked them and here's what they said. The obvious reason we are getting out of a two-year pandemic, when use goes up, price goes up. But the call is predominantly about Ukraine and Russia, so how does that relate? 
Russia is one of the top three producers of oil and it is actually their number one revenue source. Now, with Putin starting this horrific fight between Ukraine and Russia, nobody wants to work with him and do an international trade. So with people being scared of war and limited resources, prices are bound to go up as well. So it doesn't have anything to do with Democrats wanting oil producers to produce less oil over the last several years? Yeah, strangely, uh, or, nothing, you know, nothing is nothing attributed like there. It's amazing. Um, Ellie, by the way, says she would consider herself a White House correspondent for Gen Z. Oh. <laughs> and the Russians are just going to roll over us, aren't they? This is it. It's over. <laughs> We're like, you know what? Just take us over now because mm. this is the thank you. Thank you. Alex Nestor is doing some sort of TikTok dance, <laughs> I guess. It must be her. I saw. No, we will the, join yeah. together with the power of our TikTok dances. I, I saw the SNL skit uh, of Biden meeting with the. And, I, and you know what? It's not far from reality. No. That's the worst part. I, I do. Like I said, I do think there needs to be an effort because this is. Young people get their the uh, young people get young their people news, get their news from, from the net. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is really the end of the world. It's, it's, and also, I do. I I'm not joking that I like how straightforward she is because she's just telling people. I'm telling yeah, you exactly what the White House told their, me. Let me repeat their White House talking points. So unlike other press, which like sort of tries to pretend yes, like they're doing another thing. Ideas, yeah. <laughs> That's, true. That's not Ellie. Ellie is being truthful with you um, about her motivations. Uh, but Olivier, Olivier Knox, who's with the Washington Post, a uh, mm-hmm. buddy and, a, and a, a journalist, actually listened to this 51-minute call. And he oh. said that uh, Saki in the call actually does concede that the price the price going up started. That's an increase. I know the word increase. The price increase started before the conflict in Ukraine, long before. Yeah. But the, 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 the message the TikTokers took away did not include that. Yeah. I, I don't know what else to add to that because it's just, I, I don't know. The only time I come across TikTok is if somebody on Twitter, which is, you know, I guess for old people now, yeah, if somebody on Twitter that's... will show or share a video from TikTok and I'll be like, oh, that's pretty funny. And actually there was a really funny video on TikTok, like <laughs> one of the few videos I've seen on TikTok and it was the guy running, pretending to get bumped in the shoulder, but representing the oh. 70s, 80s. It's just fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. You know, there's nothing older than old people explaining a TikTok verbally. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. From TikTok to The View. Oh, boy. I got to talk about this conversation. And it's not just The View having this conversation. I'm going to add Keith Olbermann to the mix also. All right? Yeah. So, honestly, Ellie or Keith Olbermann, give give me Ellie. Yeah. Right? What's happening? TikTok Ellie. So. On on The View, they're having a conversation about Tucker Carlson and Tulsi Gabbard yeah. and their talking points, which do mirror some Russian talking points. It, it's Putin curious. Yes. Look, it is possible to think that they are both very wrong about this mm-hmm. and not go here. Well, let's listen in to what... Uh, Anna Navarro had to say. And I think DOJ, in the same way that it is uh, setting up a task force to investigate oligarchs, should look into people who are Russian propagandists and shilling for Putin. That's being, if you are a foreign asset uh, to a dictator, mm-hmm. it should be investigated. Counterpoint, we should not do that. This is like, a, you know, what is this, the Americans? You know, where they had the spy that was like this conservative talk show host that was secretly a spy for the Russians. Well, okay. This is a 
these are journalists and comedians and people who work in media who think that we should whose response yeah. to to bad speech that they don't like is to say that DOJ should investigate. A federal investigation. A federal investigation. Maybe some jailing. Maybe some light jailing for, yeah, is in order. Be, because what they're engaged in is perhaps un-American activities? Yes. Something to that, that effect? Is the, that is the allegation. I'm glad that Alyssa Farrah Griffin agreed with you on Twitter. You saw she responded yes. to you. Because if you watch the video, you know, and Anna Navarro's, talking about this idea just spitballing really and and the rest of the hosts are just nodding along like yes and i guess when you're on the spot you're just like yes i'm nodding yeah, but what is she saying it's and, a live show and honestly yeah, right. uh, when things that are this out there mm-hmm. pop up uh sometimes it can take one aback yeah <laughs> as it did me when i listened to the clip but yet the, to me this speaks to a real sort of loss of a this is a, a problem all over the place a loss of the cultural understanding of why the why free speech is good mm-hmm. like we don't we just leap straight to yeah. this bad we punish yeah and it's one thing to punish private sector i don't even like cancellations right the, the systematic cancellation of people through private structures but doj that's just straight up government guys that is yeah. uh that's a very serious thing keith olbermann he joined in. They are Russian assets and there is a war. There's a case for detaining them militarily. Trials are a sign of good faith and patience on the part of democracy. Counterpoint. No. <laughs> also, due process is good. Yeah, like, you know, like as if Biden's going to be like Lincoln's spent habeas corpus. Right. You know, well, is, just take them is, all in, round them up. And also the idea that Olbermann, who I'm sure fancied himself a civil liberties oh, enthusiast suddenly now. for years oh, sure. is like, you gotta, you gotta put these guys in jail again. I don't agree with them. And that's not the point. Or is that the point? Because free speech is valuing yeah. the free speech of people with whom you disagree. That used to be the that used to be how it worked. That was a thing. That, that was, was a thing that we used to broadly believe. <laughs> to defend the speech that you you know find most detestable, but that's that's just not happening now. It's just, we can't have it. We can't have it. The other weird thing is, I mean, that you know how they're lumping all of Fox into this whole thing. You know, Tucker Show is an hour. Yes. You know, and it's followed. It's the lead in for you know then then it's Hannity. And by the way, take your shots at it. That's yeah. part of the segment yeah. is making arguments against what they believe is a bad argument. Same girl, same. Right. You can mount that argument without right. <laughs> mounting a DOJ investigation. Right. You could also even investigate people as a journalist, right? Yeah. I love that sh- that she's like, uh, she's like, uh, Tulsi Gabbard is is nobody, which yeah. actually which actually is? heightens the silliness of this or yeah. the 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 sinister level of this because if she's if she truly is just a private citizen, she's a right. public figure. But if she's right. truly just a private citizen. You definitely shouldn't be investigating yeah. her for her bad opinions. Yeah. Yeah. No, they want to have it both ways. So. Uh, those are my thoughts. <laughs> Guys, come on. Come on. All right. It is not a crime to have bad opinions. However, there Uh-oh. is a lot of crime, real crime, the stuff that gets you in jail. In Seattle. Downtown Seattle. I... I, I want to I want to check my priors on stuff like this yeah. because I do believe that a lot of cities are kind of falling apart. Frankly, when I go into D.C. now, uh-huh. I'm much more careful than I used to be. I was yeah. making sure for an event the other night that I could drive into a garage and then go straight up oh my God. to the building. Yeah. And sure. I was not usually nearly that wary. I mean, mm. I would I'd park any old where. Mm. But we've got 
some very bad tales out of DC most recently of a doctor uh, who was carjacked and killed with his own car. Yeah. And these things are happening increasingly. Like it's like a 200% increase in carjackings and they're happening in broad daylight. They're happening with extremely young suspects who are, who are trying to take these cars at any rate in Seattle. This is causing problems for Amazon, a facility in downtown Seattle where they had 1,800 employees. Amazon has told those employees they can work at an alternative location due to recent crime around its downtown Seattle office at 300 Pine Street. I mean, this is in the heart, yeah, in the heart of. of downtown. They're also considering whether they might just tell other employees to stay remote because, like, why be yeah. in person when this is the situation? There was one employee who, earlier this year, an Amazon engineer was hit in the head with a baseball bat while walking near downtown Seattle. Days later, there was a rash of shootings in downtown districts, and there's a 40% increase in gun violence over the last year. Uh, Yeah. I remember being in Seattle in 2015. It's a different world from what I'm reading now because it was just fine. I mean, you had your share of homelessness, but it was, you know, you could stroll from, you know, wherever you're staying down, you know, uh, uh, down to the the fish markets and everything else there. and, 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 And it was fine, and it was lovely, and the weather's great. But uh, a friend of mine who is from Houston, he's a um, big executive at a, at a very large bank uh, and moved uh, to Seattle, you know, with his family. Doesn't live in Seattle, lives somewhere out there like, in, you know, Everett or uh, Bellevue, that area, Redmond. And, but he has to go into the city for work from time to time. And he said, it's crazy. You, get, you know, you will see actual drug deals happening out in the open on the street in broad daylight. Nobody cares. Yes. You know, and the same thing with, you know, Portland proper and San Francisco where, you know, a neighbor's uh, brother, a neighbor of mine, brother has a place out there, a condo, very expensive. And, you know, you walk out and, and you got to clean up, you know, human waste on the sidewalk. Right. You know, it's it's normal. Well, and like I said, there are certainly places of all of these cities where you can have a perfectly fine time. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that the increases don't matter. They don't exist. And increasingly they are they are. They're shifting over into places like Adams Morgan, where it was, which was the place where uh, the guy was carjacked the other day, or yeah. Georgetown yeah. in the middle of M Street, where there was a shooting yeah. recently. Uh, it's, it's, the crime is widening its scope. <laughs> there's, there's more of it. And this was, in part, there are exacerbating features of the pandemic and all that. But this was a choice yeah. on behalf of large cities about how they were going to police. That's right. That's right. And also, and also, don't forget in in the case of the uh, the doctor, the emergency room doctor, who was killed by you know when the carjacker ran over him with his own car. Yeah. Mayor Muriel Bowser was later quoted as saying that she didn't think it was intentional. Well, so I guess that means it's okay. Imagine that a carjacker with bad judgment. Yeah, yeah, so. with with tragic tragic results. So th- these are choices that large cities are making about how they're going mm-hmm. to police. They're trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube. I. I'm a person who is fairly libertarian on law enforcement. I think we have incentive problems in in the system. I think we have excessive force problems in the system. I think we have too many folks who do not de-escalate, but escalate. And these things need to be worked on. I also hate qualified immunity. Many things. Sure. Many things. My husband makes fun of me that I hate law enforcement. Many things that I could complain about, right? But when you treat police as if Every single one of them is a human rights violator at every turn. Yeah. They, and then you, then when something does happen, the city does not have their back or they feel like the entirety of national news will be turned against them. You get a different style of policing. Yeah. 
and it is reactive, and it does not go into places where they might get in a bad situation. These are the incentives that they have set up. Yeah. And also, you know, when you take money race in the department, you get less qualified right. people and less training. Blah, blah, blah. It's a whole thing. We're, we're seeing a lot of pushback now, but a lot of it is, I mean, for these victims, it's too late. So, By the way, I this is on my list, but Carmen Best, who was the, the, Seattle. the Seattle police chief, wrote a book. And I have bought it, and I need to read it, and I will report back to Ooh. you guys about it. She... Oh, no. Now Vic's going to give me an assignment. I, know. I was going to say, I know you have it. Otherwise, I think Alex will do it or okay. we can have somebody do it. But uh, thank you I'm for just flagging that. I'm just kidding. I'm a really hard worker. <laughs> yeah, um, sure you are. You know, the people of these cities might feel like they've really gotten the shaft. Oh, I, Mary Kat, look, I literally have it in bold, the shaft. So you took one of my jokes. All right, go for it. Much like the women of Australia. Who were presented with from from the the all-knowing government a purple logo representing the Department of Prime Minister and Cabinet's Women's Network that is just straight up a penis. Sorry, uh, content warning. Oh yeah, no, no, it's it's anatomical. That's anatomical. <laughs> penis. Women say it's juvenile and demeaning. Okay, so guys, first of all, it's purple, which I must note is the color of an eggplant, and if you understand the language <laughs> of emojis. You understand what I'm saying. It also is just a it's a it's a it's a shaft with a a curly W attached to it that looks like, like weighing testicles. down. Yeah. It's weighing uh, down. The uh, W has a lot of weight to it. Heft. It's got a lot of heft. It's I a mean, very just fertile W. One of the yeah. worst attempts. Okay, at could, a this, logo. could this be okay? And we, we'll have to share this. You have to share yes. this online. Could it be just like a Rorschach test? Is like one of these things of do you see the duck or the rabbit? You know, old woman, young woman. No, because you know? what does anyone else see? Does anyone else see anything else? Maybe I'm just revealing yeah, how one track mind I am. W and then some <laughs> a long length of. No, this purple. is this is what happens when you let government do graphic design. This that's what is going yeah. on here. According to the department, the network champions equal opportunity on behalf of its members and is an inclusive volunteer-based organization built by members for members. I guess they're saying it's consensual then. Volunteer uh, skills is what they're doing. <laughs> so the the logo was so bad and was trashed so badly for a day on social media that has has been uh, pulled, so shall we say. Oh, ah, oh, you. It's, it's been yanked, guys. You, hey, uh, you know, my favorite line in the story was the quote from the woman from the Older Women's Network who said it's this, the slogan was a slap in the face. <laughs> well, okay then. Um, someone, someone else is at Federal Independent MP Zaley Stigall on Sunday said the Women's Network logo beggars belief. You can't unsee it. <laughs> They should, they, you know, they should just make their mascot Joe Campbell. Oh just be, okay. <laughs> you know, let that be a lesson to all of us. Trust the government. Yeah, that's The right. government knows what yeah. it's doing, and it is going to do efficient things and yeah. smart things and yeah. beautiful things, Be- such as the uh, the mask and vaccine rules in New York City. Oh boy! Oh, go. it's good stuff. This is the stuff that public health trust is made of. All right, you'll remember. Kyrie Irving, former Duke basketball player, now with the Brooklyn Nets, during the entirety of this season has been unable to play on his home court because he is unvaccinated for COVID-19. Right. That's the rule. That's the rule. Because you could spread it. Now, the rule used to be both that you could not be at an indoor event in New York City unvaccinated 
At least one shot, I believe. And that you couldn't work for a private employer indoor, mm-hmm. indoors in New York without a COVID-19 vaccine. He declined. And so for a long time, he was kept from playing. But this week, you'll remember that they're relaxing some rules in New York City. Yes, so yes, the, the mayor coming out. They're emerging. The mayor got the rid of the indoor masking requirement, yes. vaccinated or unvaccinated, at events, even large events. As a result, Kyrie Irving was at a large event at an arena to watch his team play because he's not allowed to play for them unvaccinated, but he is allowed to sit courtside unvaccinated and unmasked. Sure, because in the guise of uh, a member of the public, not as an employee. Right. And apparently he went into the locker room at some point and that became very dangerous. So the NBA is charging him or charging the team or finding them 50,000 bucks for that. He was also at another event where he watched Duke play Virginia Tech at the Barclays Center because he's allowed to be there for those things. And in at, be, the, the mayor was asked about this, and he said, he said, listen, you're right. Kyrie can play tomorrow. Get vaccinated. Oh. I have another bone to pick. If he were vaccinated tomorrow, it doesn't kick in with any of its protective properties. So why would he be eligible at that point? Because the science doesn't actually matter. Did you hear uh, what Kevin Durant was? Uh, I did. Let me let me pull him up because oh, he's he's everybody's inner monologue. It's ridiculous. Like I don't understand it at all. I mean, can't, as it every it's few people in our arena that's unvaxxed, right? Like they lifted all of that in our arena, right? So what's the? I don't get it. It's a second mandate that says he can come in but can't play. Okay. Yeah, I don't get it. It just feels like at this point now, somebody's trying to make a statement or a point. Um, to flex their authority. Um, but, you know, everybody out here looking for attention, and that's what I feel like the the mayor wants right now, some attention, you know. Um, but he'll figure it out soon. He better. Um, but it just didn't make any sense. Like, there's unvaxxed people in this building already. We got a guy who uh, can come into the building. I guess, are they fearing our safety? We're, like, I don't get it. So, yeah, we're all confused. Pretty much everybody in the world is confused at this point. Early on in the season, you know, people didn't understand what was going on. But now it just looks stupid. So hopefully, Eric, you, you got to figure this out. Durant later walked back these statements and said, I understand the struggle of the past two years and what the mayor is trying to do. I'm going to go with Kevin's first take yes, on this as, uh, as the one that speaks for so many of us because it makes no sense. No, he, and 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 it reminds me of Tom Hanks and Big. I don't get it. Right? <laughs> don't That's get a, it. I don't get it. So I mean, clearly, this is a problem where they're not following the science. Because if your concern is spreading COVID, then you would be concerned about the twenty thousand people who may be unvaxxed and certainly unmasked and not just members of the team. What this is driven by is not science. It's driven by the fear of litigation. Yeah, but oh, by the way, just a quick note: out-of-town players can play. That's exactly right. No, this is adds to the insanity, <laughs> right? So it's okay because again, it's worrying about one of your employees suing you for saying you forced me to come in, and somebody who had COVID gave it to me, and they weren't vaxxed, and therefore I'm suing you for this sort of reckless behavior. And they're in a bind now because if they decide to lift the vax requirement, then you could have people out there who are saying. Wait, 
I didn't want to get vaxxed or boosted and you forced me to to keep my job and I didn't, you know, feel well as a result or this might have happened or that might have happened and now I'm going to hold you liable. Yeah. Again, so they're in this pickle. I, I have never, I know that a lot of people care deeply that Kyrie Irving get vaccinated. I don't really care. I don't think that he's making a terrible calculation. He's a young, healthy person. And in the end, he they're going to change the rules so that he can play. And he's yeah. going to have stood by whatever his reason is for not getting this. Mm. And it's just pointless at this point. Yeah. Uh, LeBron James chimed in as well and said this it makes absolutely no sense. Oh, good. He's well, correct. I mean, I, I agree with him on this occasion. Well, once he's, once the king has weighed in. Yeah. Well, and Trevor Noah was also there. We'll play a little bit of him. Things are going in the other day. Not there in the state. I mean, just there. There in a, in a, in a agreeing sense. Yes. In a, in a rhetorical sense. Restrictions are being lifted so quickly that things are getting a little confusing, you know? Like, for example, okay, right here in New York City, Mayor Eric Adams has lifted the rule that you have to be vaccinated to attend indoor events, okay? That's gone. But there is still a rule that you have to be vaccinated to go to your workplace. So if someone's job is at an indoor event, they can't go to work, but they can show up to work to watch their colleagues do their thing. Yeah, which is exactly what happened this weekend. A big matchup at Barclays Center with the Nets taking on the Knicks, but Kyrie Irving, who's ineligible to play in the city for failing to comply with the vaccine mandate for city workers, he might have stolen the show. He attended the game as a fan and watched his Nets win from the sidelines. He paid for a ticket, just like a regular person. Yeah, guys, I, I, I don't care like how COVID compliant you are. Shit like this makes zero sense. Can we agree on that? Can we what? So Kyrie can go inside, not wear a mask, even hug a teammate, but he cannot play. I don't get it. Why? Yes. Yes, Trevor Noah. I am with you. I, I think the reason why is because uh, COVID is particularly transmissible through sweat. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. that's what happens. You're yeah. bumping a guy. Yeah. The sweat will get you. Definitely. Definitely. Well, there it is. Oh, oh. Speaking of sports. <laughs> yes. One more sports story. How do you feel, feel about unretirements? <laughs> it depends. If it's somebody I wanted to see go away, I'm not happy that they're back. You All right, know, so, but so if, Tom if, Brady, if the, if the team has nothing left to look, to you know, has no other hope, then obviously it's great for the team. Tom Brady took took uh, 40 days in the desert, but he's back. Yeah, <laughs> he announced 40 days after he retired that he's in fact coming back for his uh, 23rd season. Mm -hmm. It will be at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and biggest loser is the guy who bought his last touchdown football for like five hundred thousand dollars. Poor fella. <laughs> it's now worth, they say, 4% of oh. that 518. It's now worth about $20,000. Oh, Tom, yeah. make it right. Make it right, Tom. Okay. How do so you feel about it? I usually hate unretirements. Yeah. It yeah. bugs. It's kind of it's sad. Like, it's In like, okay, if you're going to go, make sure you're going. Yeah. I understand wrestling with this, the love of the game, the whole thing. I get it. If, on the other hand, maybe this is my old age. He's an inspiration to us, 40-somethings. Yes, it's true. And if he can that still... That also still includes me. If he can still do the thing yeah. at 43? Is he 43? 44. 44. I have trouble hating on him doing it. Plus, there's just sort of this audacious, chaotic, ridiculous energy to this. 40 yeah. days later coming yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I, it, it's a weird thing. It would be weirder if he decided to go to a different team for some reason, but he's going to stick with Tampa Bay. He thinks he's unfinished business. I'm not sure what that unfinished business is. Another Super Bowl. They, he's already brought them their second Super Bowl. Right. But, you know, I mean, people forget, like you mentioned about the love of the game. Uh, you know, they miss it. It's all they know. Yeah. Right. Johnny Unitas did not finish with the Baltimore Colts. He finished with the Chargers. Brett Farr, as you know, finished with uh, Minnesota. Right. Uh, so he's going back in. We'll see how it goes. But this has got to be it, right? After this season. I mean, I don't know. What if he wins another Super Bowl? And then he's like, oh, we keep trying. Whatever happened to like retiring on finishing on top, you know? Yeah, but it's got to be top of your game. It's so intoxicating to win a Super Bowl, and he only has you know six or what six or seven. <laughs> That's right. right. He needs all it's ten for, for all of his feelings okay. yeah. or all of his fingers. It is intoxicating, as it was intoxicating at the Tampa Bay uh, parade for him. Uh, yeah, which was great, by the way. <laughs> and somebody, I saw a video of this. Do you remember when that was a super spreader? It was adorable. Adorable. <laughs> it wasn't. And it turned, just like all yes. the other outdoor things they said were super spreaders. Everybody was okay. The best uh, version of that clip I saw was him, was Tom Brady, completely wasted out of his mind and heaving the Super Bowl from one boat to the other. And somebody (laughs) had dubbed uh, the doors to that song you know yeah. uh, they what's the what's that they has an alabama song alabama song it's just you know show me the way to yeah. the next bar the whiskey bar <laughs> fantastic check it out you know what if you've got a receiver that you trust which tom brady does yeah go ahead and throw this, uh, the throw, lombardi threw, trophy between th- two boats it to gronk? i don't yeah. remember okay all right i trust gronk though even on a boat <laughs> on that note that wraps up another edition of getting hammered Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Keep on telling your friends. And you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. Yes, thank you for checking in. Thank you for reviewing us. Thank you for recommending us. We appreciate it. I'm at MK Hammer on Twitter, at MK Hammer Time on Substack and Instagram. You can check me out either of those places. Take your allergy meds, people. It's sneaking up on you. It's time to do it. Don't suffer like Vic over here. Learn, learn from his mistakes on Getting Hammered. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast. Mm-hmm.